Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Steelers Stat Geek. This behind the steel curtain editor, Dave Schofield, coming at you again. It's Thursday morning. We are... Just about halfway through April, uh, almost exactly halfway, and the NFL draft is two weeks away. I think last week I said it was four weeks away. I meant that I had four shows. I royally screwed that number up. But uh, here here we are, and I just have to say, I got to start off. I know um, everyone's been addressing this, but it needs to be addressed. It needs to be remembered. This is our first show um, with the Nerds of Steel uh, since the passing of Dwayne Haskins over the weekend. Um the team is in mourning. The players are in mourning. Obviously, his family's in mourning, and the fans are are in mourning. And uh, yes, the the as Jeff Hartman talked about on Let's Ride, that the NFL machine slows down for no one, um, and that that is the case. So it's chugging on. And if you're still not ready as a Steelers fan, I hope that you're not even bothering to listen to this podcast. But uh, if you're ready to talk some uh, other things with Steelers football, we're not going to dive into. Into, into other crazy topics. Um, there might, there, I might discuss a little something about quarterbacks, not all quarterbacks, but specifically Ben Roethlisberger at the end of the show. If we have time, if not, I'm going to save it for next week. Cause we got some stuff there to, to go over. Um, but the, the draft is coming up and, and everything else. So we're going to go ahead and dive into uh, the, the topic today, just because it's time to talk some numbers 
This topic comes from, this came to me from Twitter. Um, this comes from Kyle Stone. I was trying to get his exact t- uh, Twitter a- address. There we go. It's at KBS underscore 96. He uh, sent me a message and asked, of course, he finished it up with ner- hashtag nerds of steel, but he said, Hey Dave, been hearing some say the fourth year is the breakout year for Steelers X receivers. Um, and to pay Deontay Johnson now before he has a breakout season. Not sure I'm the biggest fan of paying him now based on what I've seen from him. With that being said, oh, he sounds like Brian Anthony Davis. Uh, what what do the stats say to back this up? I figured this would be good for StatGeek. Yeah, this is good for StatGeek. But I will tell you, I am not looking at X receivers. I'm looking at receivers, just receivers for the Pittsburgh Steelers and how they did in their fourth season. So. I could look at every receiver. I really could have, but I didn't take that route. I didn't take that route. And I hope everybody understands what I did. What I did was I took the top 10 receiving yards all time as Pittsburgh Steelers. And I looked at their careers and their fourth seasons. So the, the top 10 Steelers. Now I will tell you this, Deontay Johnson he is number 13. <laughs> so, um, this is, um, uh, this is from 1970 on, but you know, it wasn't a big passing league prior to that anyway. So of course, you know, everything's going to be more, more recent. It's, I mean, of course you've got, you know, on the list, you've got, you know, Stallworth and Swan and, and, and Louis lips, uh, and players of that nature, even though it wasn't a, the big passing game of the NFL, um, that it was, not that it is today. So you're going to see a lot more modern names on this list, but I'm just, I'm bringing this up because, you know, Deontay Johnson sitting there at 13th and there is a pretty good chance that he's going to move up. You know, he could, you know, it, he doesn't even need a thousand yards to, um, to, to get into the top 10. So he could get up there for the Steelers. So I I just thought I'd look at it and I thought, well, that's some good numbers to compare. I mean, we could look at someone who just had their fourth year for the Steelers, like uh, James Washington, but that, that was a down, that was a down. I want to see if the best that the Steelers had, how they did. And if they had big years in year four, now I didn't look beyond year four. I wasn't looking, oh, what'd they do after year four? I wanted to know how did year four compare to their first three seasons? You know, obviously we'd want to see the receivers continue to get better. That would be the hope. But the but rather than break down, oh, well, where did year four lie all time in their career? That didn't matter because it was did they did they improve from from years one, two, and three to year four? Because you know we don't know what Deontay Johnson is going to do in his career and how year four could could compare, but we know what he's done in year one, two, and three. So we're going to look at this and every single one of these I put into three categories, and that is either you know, I checked them off to say yes, their best year was year four. Or I said, nope, thumbs down. Uh, year four was a bad year. And I looked at why. Or I put a wash, meaning it wasn't that they had a better year, but it wasn't like they had a worse year. You know, there were some players that had a worse year in year four. So we're going to go through one at a time, and we're going to go through in order of the Steelers' all-time receiving list. 
So that's what I'm going with. This is all data that I'm getting from Pro Football Reference. If you've never been to Pro Football Reference and you're one of my nerds of steel, man, oh man, do they have good stuff. Now, I also have a subscription so I can sort things and and filter and and go through some of their advanced stats. Um, but even without that, you can go in and look up individual players and get a lot of data from them. It's just not always the easiest to compile it um, unless you um, have a, their subscription, which is not, let, let's just say this, it's not nearly as expensive as other places like uh, Pro Football Focus or things like that. So let's start off here. We're going to look at Heinz Ward. And when and in looking at Heinz Ward, who, by the way, on Wednesday, it was just announced that he is one of the eight head coaches for the for one of the eight XFL teams when it comes back in 2023. There was two former Steelers players out of those eight and Heinz Ward and Rod Woodson. So Heinz Ward's going to get his crack at being a head coach um, and see how that pans out for him. Now, you know, a lot still has to happen to make sure that that league flies in the first place. Cause you know, we've kind of been burned by these other leagues. We'll see what happens with the USFL uh, coming this weekend. I, I'm not excited about it one bit. I will probably not be viewing anything unless I am sitting down and have nothing else to do and it happens to be on. Uh, other than that, I'm I'm not making plans around it. I'm I'm shocked I didn't get the invitation from Brian Anthony Davis. He's probably having a watch party and everything ready for these Pittsburgh Maulers and wants to wants to do podcasts and things on them. That's no. That's not me, but I, my invitation must've got lost in the mail or out there in the, in, in the World Wide web, because I did not get that one uh, from Brian. So let's dive into this since I got sidetracked a little bit by Heinz Ward. My goodness, I'm starting to sound like Brian Anthony Davis. If I'm going to do that, let's see how Heinz Ward did in his first four seasons in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, as a rookie, no starts, 15 receptions, 246 yards, no touchdowns. Boy, he jumped in his uh, in the second season in 1999 with seven receiving touchdowns. And when I say touchdowns, I'm going just receiving touchdowns for everybody. I'm not going to – if I say it now, hopefully I don't have to say it every time. So I'm only looking at receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, things of that nature. Um, so he had a big bump. And in year four, did he get seven touchdowns? No, he did not. So you're like, uh-oh, it's not looking good, not looking good. That's not the case. Because in year four, Heinz Ward had his first 1,000-yard uh, receiving season. In 16 games with 16 starts, he had 1,003 yards on 94 receptions. But more importantly, that was Heinz Ward's first of his four consecutive Pro Bowl selections. Now, in year five and year year five, six, and seven, he was second team all pro, which he didn't get to that in year four. So he continued to grow after that. So Heinz Ward, he definitely gets a big old check. We got a big fat check for Heinz Ward. He gets checked off. Definitely had his best year of his first four years in year four. So moving on. Then we go to one Mr. Third and Fifth. We have Antonio Brown. Which category is he going to fit in? So we've got one in the checked off category so far. Mr. Third and Fifth, Antonio Brown. If you don't know what I'm referencing, that's uh, that's uh, what we talk about on a number of our podcasts, what his nickname was for some time, because that's all he was to the Steelers. He just ended up being a third round and fifth round draft pick where the Steelers did select Deontay Johnson and Zach Gentry, two players that are hopefully good contributors for this season. In 2010, as a rookie, 
played in nine games, 16 receptions, 167 yards, no touchdowns. 2011, only come, 69 receptions, 1,108 yards, two touchdowns. Antonio Brown, you're like, wow, already a 1,000-yard season. Yep. And he was a pro bowler. But that was being selected as a kick returner. So, but I mean, he's still to the Pro Bowl, but I just, I'm saying there'll be a difference here when you see when he's finally selected to the Pro Bowl, which when was that for his first time? Oh, that's right. That would be in year four. In year four, when he had 1,499 yards, so one yard shy of 1,500 on 110 receptions and eight touchdowns. Now, year five is when he absolutely exploded, you know, led the NFL in receptions and yards and had 13 touchdowns. That was year five. But in year four, was that his best year out of his out of his uh, first four years where he was uh, a pro bowler and second team all pro? Absolutely. So you saw him have his best year in year four out of out of any of his first four years. So there that that's another check, another big fat check. That means we've got two. The top two players on the Steelers' all-time receiving list, guess what? They had their best season of their first four years in year four, and there was a decent a, a decent jump in production there. Here we go. Got to go back to the 70s now, all the way back to 1974 for one John Stallworth. He's number three on the list for the Steelers, and let's look at how he started off his career. Okay, Um 13 games in 1974. He only had, once again, 16 receptions, 269 yards. That's This is kind of a theme so far with these guys at the top. Not many receptions or yards their rookie year. But what happened with Stallworth is he went on, all right, so he had 16 and then 20 and then only nine receptions for 111 yards. He only played in eight games in 1976. 1977, bam, 14 starts, 44 receptions, 784 yards. So you're like, well, that doesn't sound like a lot. But remember, this was the 70s that he had 784 yards. Now, he didn't get to any Pro Bowls or all pros. That didn't come until 1979. But what's interesting is his 44 receptions for four or sorry, for 784 yards ended up being one reception and 19 yards shy of the total of all three of the previous years. He almost totaled. If he had had one more catch for 19 yards, and of course, this is all regular season stats to remind you, but if he would have had one more catch for 19 yards, he would have matched in 1977 what he did in 74, 75, and 76. So that right there tells you, check, definitely had his best year of his first four years in, in, his, in his fourth season. So there we go. You're like, wow, this is a, this is a trend. It's going to keep going in the same way. Nope. Now let's take a turn. Got to take a turn. Now we're into the eighties when we have one Louis lips, Louis lips. This one was tough. Cause man, pro bowl, his first two seasons, first two seasons, pro bowler. Okay. His second season after, you know, 860 yards as a rookie. How about 1,134 yards in his second season on 59 receptions? Oh, and how about 12 touchdowns in year number two? Wow. The sky was the limit. I, then you got 80, you know, um, year, year number two was 1985. And 1986 had a big drop off down to 590 yards. But let's look at year four, 1987. 
not good because it was only 164 yards on 11 receptions. What? That sounds like the rookie years of these other guys. That's because he only appeared in four games. He missed the majority of the season uh, due to injury, and that's that was that. Um, I don't even remember what the injury was. I would I, I couldn't rem- I couldn't remember, um, and I didn't. I, I meant to check on that um, to uh, to have that, but but I don't. I'm sure Brian Anthony Davis will he'll he'll correct me and let me know where where it was. I don't even want to speculate or re- or no speculate or recollate. That's what it was. So Louis Lips, that's got to be a big a big thumbs down. But there was a reason behind that 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 was dealing with injury. So let's let's move on. Number five, we'll be halfway there when we look at number five on the list in Lynn Swan, who surprisingly gets higher on the list despite not playing all that many seasons when you compare. Because look, John Stallworth played all the way through 1987. Lynn Swan only played through 1982. Stallworth played five more seasons than Swan, and they were taken in the same draft. So that's crazy. Um but it, it, you know, it is what it is. So let's look at Swan. He started off in 74, only 11 receptions, 208 yards, two touchdowns. That's seemed like it was kind of how the rookies were doing uh, with a lot of them on this list. 75, bam, led the NFL in receiving touchdowns with 11 pro bowl selection, 781 yards on 49 receptions. The next year, stepped back a little bit, um, only played in 12 games, had 516 yards, only three touchdowns. Man, to go from 11 to three. But yeah, he was a pro bowler, second team all pro in his second year, but on that third year, um, a step down. Then you've got 1977, year number four. That's the one we're looking at. He didn't have as many touchdowns, but, I mean, come on, he had 11. Uh, he bounced back with seven in year number four. And 789 yards. So he actually had more yards. He had eight more yards on one more reception in the in the same number of games. When you look at 75 to 77. And he was a pro bowler once again. So what I'm going to say there is I'm going to say wash. I'm going to say that was an even. Oh, I'm sorry. He was also second team all pro again in 77. So he was basically, basically Swan saw... The same, almost the same production, except a little bit less touchdowns in his second year as he did in his fourth year. So that's how that went down. So there's five so far. And we've got three. Yep. Fourth year was their best. One thumbs down. Nope. Bad year. Louis Lips was injured. And one wash because, oh, yeah, he had a Pro Bowl season in year two and in year four and very similar numbers. So that's what we have so far. We're going to go ahead and break and then we're going to come back and look at the next five, maybe peek into some things, um, some players in, that last year that were in their fourth um, fourth season around the NFL and, uh, and and finish it up then. So stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Fans. Here we go. Let's get rolling on. On the second half of Steeler Stat Geek, we looked at the top five receivers all time for the Pittsburgh Steelers and saw how they were in their fourth year compared to their first three. So far, we've got 60% of them. Yep, they're up. One of them that was even and one that missed a lot due to injury. So let's keep rolling and, and get through some of these numbers here because after Lynn Swan comes one Plaxico Burris. Plaxico Burris, up, down, even. Well, one Plaxico Burris, I'm labeling him in the down category for year number four. That's because, you know, year one, he had played in 12 games and only had 273 yards on 22 receptions, no touchdowns. Okay. You know, kind of like a lot of the other rookie ride receivers we've seen so far. Year two, boom. 1,008 yards, 66 receptions, six touchdowns. Year three, boom, even more. 78 receptions, 1,324 yards, seven touchdowns. Wow, just think if you got that out of the year two and year three, what is year four going to bring? Eh. 60 receptions, 860 yards, four touchdowns. Okay, so he had a down year. We'll also say this, though. You got to remember with good old Plaxico Burris. All right. 2003 was the year that the Steelers had such a bad year. They were drafting at 11 in order to take Ben Roethlisberger um, in 2004. So that's just kind of indicative of the Steelers season. Now, did the Steelers have a bad did Plaxico Burris have a down year because of the Steelers or did the Steelers have a down year because of Plaxico Burris? I'm not even going anywhere close to that. Um, I will say in 2004, he had even less, but he did miss five games. Um, he had even less numbers. It would, he would have had more per game if you averaged it out that way. And man, he had his best yards per target in 2004 in year five, just throwing that out there um, in Ben Roethlisberger's rookie season. But so Plaxico Burris, he's going in the thumbs down category. He did not have his best year um, in year four of, of the first four years of his career. So let's go next. Now we're getting to players that started off as Steelers and didn't finish up that way. How about we've got one Mike Wallace? He's next on the list. Played four years um, in Pittsburgh. So when we're looking at Mike Wallace, we're looking at his last year in Pittsburgh was year number four. Well, he had his rookie year, you know, more than a lot of other of the rookies. Um, but he played in all 16 games, 39 receptions, but for 765 yards, 19.4 yards per reception, led the NFL and had six touchdowns. Second season, wow, 1,257 yards on 60 receptions and 10 touchdowns. Year three, 1,193 yards, eight touchdowns, but was a pro bowler. Year four, last year in Pittsburgh, eh, 
64 receptions, 836 yards, eight touchdowns. So it wasn't a big drop-off in touchdowns. Definitely had a big drop-off in yards. He did play one less game. It's not like it was worse and it was terrible, but it wasn't as good as he had in his other years. So I'm going to count that one as, as a thumbs down. That one's going to be a no. So, so far now that we now, so we've caught back up. We've got three yeses, three no's, and a wash so far. Now where are we going? We're going to Juju Smith-Schuster. All right. This was the one before we even started. I'm like, I already got it, the answer for, for Juju Smith-Schuster. Blah, blah, blah. Juju Smith-Schuster. It's a down. It's, it's a thumbs down for sure. Um, it wasn't as clear cut as that because of one um, particular category. He's probably a thumbs down. I should have given him a thumbs down. I did it as a wash. I'm kind of I'm kind of torn on where this one really goes because Juju came in great rookie year, 917 yards, seven touchdowns, even better sophomore year, you know, second year, 1426 yards, 111 receptions, seven touchdowns, had a 97 yard touchdown in both of his first two years um, each season, and he was a Pro Bowler in 2018. 2019, Ben Roethlisberger goes down. So did Juju Smith-Schuster's numbers. Now, he only played in 12 games, but only 552 yards, three touchdowns. 2020, this is where it gets tricky. Yes, his yards were down because he he was, well, they were up from year three. They were 831. Um, he only, well, no, he played in, he played in six, all 16 games. He had more receptions than two of the previous three years with 97 receptions. But the biggest thing is why I considered this more of a wash and you couldn't really tell is he had nine touchdowns. He had more touchdowns in his fourth year than had any other year. So he didn't have the big yardage in 2020, but man, he really did come through for Ben Roethlisberger with the nine touchdowns that, and he had his best catch percentage of his career of 75.8%. I mean, he caught more, you know, more than three out of every four passes that were thrown to him in 2020. Um, the only time where he was close to that was his rookie season where he was at 73.4. Uh, the other two years, he wasn't even at 70. So because there's some things in there that goes to show that he was just utilized a little bit differently, I'm going to end up ultimately calling that a wash because I don't feel strong enough. If I had to pick between a yes or a no, it would be a no. If there wasn't a wash category. Um, therefore, I'm, but because we had that category and we had that category because of because of Lynn Swan, my goodness, is year two and year four were almost identical. So I'm going to say for Smith-Schuster, I'm going to call it a wash because he really did have some improvements in some of those things. And I'm sure you all might say, man, Dave, you're crazy. I was, I couldn't believe it looking at it. I could not look at it. I thought for sure he was a thumbs down. But then when you really break down the numbers, it's not as, it's not as clear cut as you would think. So we've got two left. So, so far, I still got three up, three down, and two washes. So what do we have here at the end? Let's go with good old Santonio Holmes, who only played four years in Pittsburgh because he was traded in the offseason after year four. So let's break down those numbers. He had 824 yards on 49 receptions and two touchdowns as a rookie. He had 942 yards on 52 receptions and eight touchdowns in his second season. That looks pretty good. And he, he led the NFL in yards per reception with 18.1, um, which was pretty impressive. Then in year three, he had 821 yards, five touchdowns. 
year four is last year in, in Pittsburgh. Now, before we do that, remember in 2008, this is all regular season. So this doesn't count being you know, Super Bowl MVP, catching the game winning touchdown um, in 2008. But in 2009, how about 1,248 yards on 79 receptions and five touchdowns? I've got to give him the check mark here. I got to give the big fat check because what you don't realize is that that Santonio Holmes, his fourth season in the NFL, it was his last season in Pittsburgh, that was the only 1,000-yard receiving season that he had. We look at Santonio Holmes and we think about you know the touchdown catch and everything else and, and that greatness. He only had one season where he had 1,000 yards receiving, not just for the Steelers, in his career. And he was also never a pro bowler. Um, so when you look at first round draft picks and things of that nature, and you're like, well, at least, you know, you want to get someone who can make the pro bowl. He was not one of them, but I'm putting him as, as the check Mark for having his best season in year four. Then we're on to the last player on this list that we're going to look at before we go back and look a little bit at Deontay Johnson himself. And this is a tricky one. I don't know how to treat this one because number 10 is Yancey Thigpen. Now, Yancey Thigpen did not start with the Steelers. He was drafted in the fourth round in 1991 by the San Diego Superchargers. I guess I called them the Superchargers. But yeah, by, by the by the San Diego Chargers. Um, I, I was looking through and they didn't have any notes on, on how he ended up in Pittsburgh and everything after that. But uh, I'm really torn as to whether or not I should count him his first, whether I should go his first four years in Pittsburgh or his first four years in the NFL. And the reason I'm going to end up going his first four years in Pittsburgh is, is why. What did he do in his first year? He appeared in four games for San Diego. He had zero receptions. None. No receptions. No targets. They never even threw him the ball. He appeared in four games. I'm thinking he was mainly special teams. I don't know because they don't have the stat, the, you know, like the, the snap counts and everything going back because this was in 1991. So I'm I'm not even going to count that year. So I'm going to look at his first four years in Pittsburgh. So we're talking 92, 93, 94, 95. And if you hear those years, you're going to be like, well, man. If that's what you're going by, then I think I know the answer. If you know your Steelers history, because wow, in 1990, in 1992, when he appeared in 12 games for the Steelers, he was targeted four times with one reception for two yards. So Yancey Thickman, his first two years in the NFL, two receiving yards total. Um, so now his second year in Pittsburgh, he had nine receptions for 150 for 154 yards, three touchdowns. 94, moving on there, um, 36 receptions, 546 yards, four touchdowns. Okay, well, he's building every year. So if we look at year number four in Pittsburgh, how about 16 games, 16 starts, targeted 151 times, 85 receptions, 1,307 yards receiving, five touchdowns, and was selected to the Pro Bowl. If you're going fourth year in Pittsburgh, this is a huge check for Yancey Thigpen. It, it it is. It's 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 a ginormous check mark there for him. So 
to, so to me, I'm going to go with it that way, and I'm going to give him the check. If you don't like it, then we only count it out of nine. So if we're counting Yancey Thigpen, then we checked off half the players, half the players on the Steelers' all-time top 10 receiving. Half of them had their best year in of their first four years in Pittsburgh. See if I say in Pittsburgh, it counts for Yancey Thigpen that way, where it was their best season. So that's 50%. For sure. Two of them were a wash. And then three of them were were down. One was injury and that. And like I said, Louis Lips just tore up when he first started. So that's what I'm going with. So if we look at Deontay Johnson, if we look at him, like I said, he's currently number 13 on this list. Um, what, what did he have receiving wise for his first three seasons? Well, last year was his best season. He went over 1,000 yards. He had uh, 1,161 yards on 107 receptions, and he made the Pro Bowl. So there, there's that. I mean, he had 923 yards the year before, 680 as a, as a rookie. Um, he had eight touchdowns last year, seven in his second season, um, five as a rookie. So he's he's really up there with the touchdowns per season. I mean, 20 touchdowns in three years, that's that's pretty good. So if he has his best season, you know, it's a 50-50 shot of whether or not he has his best season if we look at based on other receivers. If he has his best season, then we're looking at going back to the Pro Bowl and we're talking 1,200 yards. Um, I don't know if that'll happen. We'll have to see. But generally, that's the case. So the whole – but the whole notion of, oh, better lock him up before year four – um, because it's going to get even better. I I don't like that. I don't think that's the Steelers' philosophy. They, I think they've been burned too much with paying big receiver. I mean, Heinz Ward was really the last receiver that got paid that it worked out well. Um, you know, I mean, Antonio Brown worked out well until it didn't. You know, it's the best way to say that. So uh, that's what you can kind of expect from Deontay Johnson. Um, I was going to go ahead. I've got just a minute or two, but luckily this was a very quick question that I was asked. Um, and this was asked in an email, and I was actually asked two questions. I'm only going to ask. I'm only going to answer one of them. This came from Tyler Miller. Um, and he says, Ben's career passing air yards. I'm curious to know how many yards he actually threw for throughout his career, minus the yards after the catch. In my opinion, quarterbacks hitting a two yard slant that goes for 80 yards really isn't passing yards and how that stacked up to other QBs in NFL history that are around his career yard marks. I, I didn't go into, um, quarterback history because this is, this is a difficult stat and you're really only going to get it for the most recent years. For example, um, I mean, you might be able to get it somewhere like a pro football focus, but they don't really match their stats to the NFL stats. They think they can do a better job keeping them themselves and they aren't very good at it in my opinion, because they make their stats fit their formula, um, not make their formulas fit what the actual stats are. So they have to, they have to do, you've heard me. I'm not going to rant on that anymore. Um, I've done it too many times, but if you look at Ben Roethlisberger um, and there, there is a stat that you can look up with him, with, um, with his, with his advanced passing stats. And that is, you can look at 
what is um, completed air yards. Completed air yards is the total yards complete or a completed pass traveled in the air past the line of scrimmage before being caught. So in other words, if, if Ben Roethlisberger's back in the, the, if the line of scrimmage is the 20 and he's back in the pocket and he throws a pass that is caught at the 28 and then the receiver runs to the 40 yard line that this would only be eight yards line of scrimmage to the point the, the, the player caught it. Then all those other yards would be yak yard after catch. If you want to look at it, some people are like, oh, he shouldn't get credit for all those yards. If you can hit a guy on a slant because you know he's open and has room to run, that's what you want from a quarterback. To completely dismiss it and think that the only thing a quarterback does is throw the ball in the air and it doesn't, and you know, and and the receiver does everything else. That is not the case. Because how many times have you looked at it with um with a deep ball and you're like, oh man, they had to stop and go up for it and or go to the ground to catch it. If there was if they hit someone on the run, he would he would get all, you know, they would be able to keep running. So Obviously, the difference in art and yards there is the quarterback's ability to get the person the ball in stride. And also, even on the short passes, if you can if, if you hit them with a the short pass, seeing that there's space in the way everything's designed, that is all that should be a plus for the quarterback. I don't look at yak with yards after catch as a bad thing for a quarterback. I don't. That's showing football awareness. But I'll still give you the numbers real quick. I'm going to skip over 2019 because Ben played a game and a half. But in 2018, his um, completed air yards, he had 2,327 completed air yards, and the yak was 2,812. Okay, so once again, more yards after the catch than completed air yards. All right, the same was true in 2019 by a little bit, 158 to 193, but we're not going to focus on that one. Then in 2020, it was 1850. Um, of of the completed air yards to 1953 in yards after catch. And then in 2021, it was 1808 um, completed air yards versus 1932. So it really, if you look at it on those three years, because it only goes back to 2018 here on Pro Football Reference. If you look at it, yeah, Ben had more yards in 2018 than, than the other two seasons, you know, 2,327 versus 1,800 and 1,800. But if, if you look at the ratio, they're, they're about the same. So even pre-injury, Ben Roethlisberger in 2018, you were still looking about the same kind of percentage. Um, and actually, you're, you're probably a little bit better Afterwards, if you look at it straight up, because the, the other thing you can look at is uh, is completed air yards per completion. Ben Roethlisberger had an average of 5.1 in 2018. And, and in 2020 and 2021, he had an average of 4.6 for both seasons. So it dropped off 0.5 yards. But but then the yak yards, the, or the yards after completion, sorry, the yards after catch per completion. There, I got it out right. Um he had 6.2 in 2018, and that dropped to 4.9 in 2020. So when they dropped 0.5 in completed air yards from 2018 to 2020, it dropped 1.3 in yak because it was at 4.9 per, per completion. And then last year it was 5.0 per completion. So the last two years for Ben Roethlisberger in that respect were very similar. But there was actually more yards after catch 
compared to the completed air yards in 2018, which actually might surprise you a little bit, but it could have been just the way the defenses were playing. But that's kind of how how it goes in the NFL. I mean, I mean, you could even look at somebody. Let, let's just compare it to Tom Brady, and let's see what Tom Brady um, was this this past year. Um, I'm trying to bring that up here really quick. As uh, as his, he had in 2021, his his um, completed air yards was 2767. It was 5.7 per completion, and then the the yak was 2554, which was 5.3 per completion. So yes, there were more yak yard. There was more yards after the catch. There weren't as many yards after the catch as there were um, completed air yards, unlike Ben Roethlisberger, who was the other way around. So, um, but that doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing. But with that, we've gone over a little bit. I I teased that I was going to say something about Ben Roethlisberger, so I did. Make sure you're checking out all our lineup of our podcasts. Man, we've got all kinds of stuff for you um, as as we move on from the the difficult weekend that there was for Steelers Nation. We've got the morning shows. We've got we've got the whole noon lineup. We've got the YouTube shows every night, but Saturday. But to but to hook you up, we've got two on Friday and two on Sunday to make up for it. Um, also, make sure you are checking out the um, behindthesteelcurtain.com, uh, your one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, and check us out there. Um, let's see what happens next week. We'll be one week away from the draft one week away um have a have a special draft question i've been saving for closer to the draft not sure if i'm going to do it next week or the day of of the draft let's see how that works out but um thanks for joining me and as i always say thanks for keeping out It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.